When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, y'all. This is Josiah Gray, and this is Half Street High Heat. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat, presented by Manscaped and part of the Fan Sided Network. I am Nick. You can follow me on Twitter at Nationals Ace. I am joined by Amanda, as I won't say always, because you've been kind of slacking. Eh, a couple weeks ago, you were slacking a little bit and missed a couple I episodes. I went on vacation. Eh, I mean, potato, <laughs> potato. Uh, as usual, as most times, I'm joined by Amanda. Uh, Ryan is out again tonight, but uh, he, he's doing better. This was just more of a scheduling thing. So, unfortunately, we had to tap in Monty. He's wow. here again, so... Uh, I, I apologize in advance for all of the, uh, I'm just kidding. Monty's <laughs> Monty's Monty. You say, I mean, you say po- potato or potato. Cause I've never, ever heard anyone say potato. I know it's a phrase, but nobody says potato. Uh, maybe if you left your house, you would hear potato. That's a fair, fair <laughs> argument. <laughs> well, you're not wrong. You know, we were again, this is becoming a theme and and anytime monty comes on the podcast we were talking for probably a good 30 minutes eh, close to 30 minutes before we started recording and you know that's just become a problem can't keep doing that um granted not all of that was baseball talk unlike last time where we had like good baseball conversation before we even hit record this time though we brought up something that surprisingly we've never really talked about on the podcast and we'll have to get Ryan's thoughts when he comes back on, hopefully on th- on Thursday or Friday, whenever you record next, um, is, is baseball movies. Like, we, we've never really had the baseball movie discussion because I know yeah, there's true. the classics or the common answers like The Sandlot or Field of Dreams or, Those you know, yeah, and, and they're good. I'm not taking anything away from them, but it, it's not original. Like I want the, you know, the, if someone told me Fever Pitch was their favorite baseball movie, I would laugh, but I would also respect it because it just well, like, what's it, your it's, favorite it's baseball movie? Moneyball. Moneyball is by That's far the best baseball movie ever. And are you kidding me? Summer Catch with Freddie Prince Jr. and Jessica Biel, Cape Cod League. 
Not <laughs> no. Like you just had to bring up something, but no, money. Well, by the way, said you wanted original, and that's what he got. By, well, by the he, way, he was being fever pitch. Monty. Fever pitch is a remake, by the way, of a uh, of a soccer movie. Nobody cares about soccer. I was just letting you know. I so mean, fever uh, pitch is quite literally the original. Okay, All right, Monty, fine. what's your favorite baseball movie? <laughs> we'll have to do a draft at some point. That's Man, that's tough. So it's funny you mentioned this because I've, I've been taking ideas down for what to talk about during the offseason and ranking some of the baseball movies was, uh, was one I had down. Uh, oh, so we can brainstorm. Oh, yeah, 61. Uh, have you guys seen that? I've seen 42. Oh, uh, well, 42 is great, but 61 is about uh, Maris and Mantle, the home run chase and the pressure. Oh, I've um, not seen that. Yeah, it's uh, uh, Billy Crystal directed it. Uh, Thomas Jane plays Mickey Mantle, and Roger Maris plays Ursula. Billy Crystal, uh, that's the guy who did uh, um, what's the Princess Bread? Uh, no, he did um, what's uh, it's like, uh, Sweet Caroline. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. That, that was a very <laughs> it was a very very dumb joke that i took too long <laughs> to yeah i know that's what i was like i, I, I was I like is there is there a, is I, there a, I, I a took way punchline? too i don't <laughs> i took way too long to say because i couldn't remember the song but the joke was it's billy crystal and neil diamond so you get to like crystal uh, yeah there it was oh, way that would have been it would have been, been so it. good if i had it and i had it i but i literally had to sing the verse to myself in my head <laughs> before i got to the chorus oh my my I know, my favorite baseball movie is uh for love of the game with kevin costner that's, that's a, good, a one. good one which by the way i mean i know i guess we should have probably talked about this during the field of dreams game <laughs> that probably would have been fitting but uh, <laughs> that's not yeah. a baseball movie field of dreams <laughs> yeah it's a dad movie it's more about the dads and, and stuff than it is about baseball. Oh, what baseball kind of is stupid hot take is that? That is absolutely <laughs> a baseball movie. I mean, most, most, baseball movies, most baseball movies are dad movies. Yeah, well, and for Love of the Game, I guess you could argue is a romance movie in a way, but I think it's a coming-of-age story. But I was going to say, Kevin, Cos- Kevin Costner is like the baseball guy. He's been in, what, three different ones? Yeah, yeah he's the baseball Durham. movie guy. Bull Durham is my one seed. I love that movie. So oh much. my that god, is all my right. favorite baseball movie. So I was just about to bring that up. Most overrated baseball movie, Bull Durham. No, I love that movie. Bull Durham, I love it. I love a... that it's about the minor leagues. I, I love think it. I like that. I love it. And actually, although it's cheesy dreams? as hell, I love I love Major League. That's a fun. Major League's movie. a good one. <laughs> That's a great movie. I oh. love it. Major League Two with Randy Quaid being just a disgruntled fan. Yeah. And uh yeah. oh and also I think uh Bob Euchre is even better in the second one because there's one where uh he's like the he's like, here's the pitch and crack of the bat and he goes, Oh, that's uh Serrano's gonna need a rocket up his ass to catch that one. I liked uh <laughs> Bob Euchre when he was fighting uh Happy Gilmore and Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's Happy Gilmore is actually obviously not a baseball movie, but definitely on my list of great sports movies no that that was a joke because it wasn't bob it wasn't it was oh uh, it wasn't it was uh jesus (laughs) Um, Jesus, uh, (laughs) what is his name (laughs) 
<laughs> I from, can't even think from of the Price is Right. Right, yeah. I know. Bob, uh, Bob Barker. Bob Barker. Bob Barker. I was going to say Bob right. Hope. I was like, it's not Bob Hope. What see, the see, that's two for, <laughs> two times today where I forgot the the name of the punchline, <laughs> but I got it almost all the way there. But I, you like I, how we agreed? I, I, we're like, I yeah. went for this complete game, and I got to the eighth inning, and that counts or something. We both went, yeah. Bob Uecker was an Abby Gilmore. <laughs> you, you both just went along with it. I'm like. Crap, now I need to like explain. Yeah, I have joke. to think of the name. I know it's the second joke you had to explain in the last five minutes. Oh, I, I don't hoping... know if your jokes are bad or we're just too dumb to get them. It's one of the other. Probably a combination of both. <laughs> little column A, little column B. Yeah. I'm trying to think of any other baseball. I mean, I, I've always liked um what's the one where he becomes the owner of the twins? Little big league. Little big league, yep. Mm-hmm. I, I liked the that natural. one. I wasn't as oh wait no no I'm thinking um the rookie I wasn't as big of a fan of the rookie with uh, uh Dennis, Dennis Quaid Dennis Dennis Quaid yeah I was about to say Randy Quaid again but yeah at least I would say family yeah I watched that one recently it's long it's just like it, yeah it's a good story but again like, yeah it doesn't need to really be that long <laughs> yeah I, I mean I like rookie of the year that I mean that that's kind of a classic. Mm-hmm. And I love the same lot. I mean, it's a great movie. I do think it's overrated. Oh, it is overrated. Movie. But not yet. Yeah, not that that doesn't mean it's not good. Just... And um, what about the same? A League too? of Their Own is definitely in my top three. Yeah, I watched A League of, of Their Own recently, and I didn't. Yeah. I watched it recently too, again for the first yeah. time in a long time. Yeah, I I love that movie. What's that one with um, Sean Astin's the manager? Rudy. No, he he is. <laughs> a Rudy. About, I want to say it's the is it the is it called the perfect game? It's yeah, something very generic like that. Larry, yeah, he, I didn't know many people had heard of it. I uh, see. I I remember watching it in like high school, but I just remember one specific scene where he's like, "Oh, he's gonna hang you on here," and then he hangs him on. He hits a home run, and yeah. I was I always thought that was super cool until I discovered what scouting was. Yeah, uh, but the movie I was talking about before uh, we, we, that spawned this is uh, it's called Everybody Wants Some, and I don't I would not categorize it as a baseball movie. It's just pl- guys on a baseball team. They have the only baseball scene they have is a practice, like a uncoached practice, and it's more about just guys being super competitive over dumb stuff. Well, if we're gonna like kind of expand the qualifications to include uh, being on a baseball field, uh, High School <laughs> Musical too. High school musical two is by far the best baseball movies if that's what we're gonna go I with. never saw the second one. The second one's good. Second is that how you good. and Ryan became friends? You guys bonded over high school musical two? No, Ryan and I became friends uh I mean just in high school. We both played baseball together, but we were also like a foot taller than everyone else. I was just being funny. I didn't actually need an explanation. Yeah, the first time I, I I'm, I'm not well, a tall Monty, person, but you the need first a, time you I need met... to stick to your your writing because you're just not funny. How? I don't know. Uh, the final season was the name of the uh, of the Sean Astor movie, by the way. Yeah. The final season. I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, you guys are extremely tall. The first time I'm not like a very tall person in general, but the first time I met you guys, I was just like, wow, I feel extremely small right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm like 5'2". I felt very, very short. Yeah, for yeah. the for the record, I'm six five. Ryan's we uh, we always say he's six four because that was like a running joke, but he's 
probably close to six five as well. It's funny. I feel like Nick that uh, that you mentioned how hot how tall you are. Uh, yeah, how every hot other I am epi- too. <laughs> every <laughs> hot, like, how, how tall you are every other episode. I'm like, do I? I don't. I don't feel like I, I don't know. I think it's just I think it's anytime seating is seating is being talked about. Or like, so it's like you mentioned, like your exact height. You don't just say like I'm tall. You're like, no, I'm six five. Like, you- yeah. But that is like tall people think like you're six two. Well, yeah, it's I mean, also like, six, five is like that's not comfortable in a lot of seating it, situations. But it, 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 yeah, it's all. Oh, oh, I think so. I think you said seating like rankings, and I was like, oh. <laughs> so confused. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I I have to make my point because some people say, oh, I'm tall, but they're like six foot. I was like, no, that's not the same. I have to make my point that, you know, the world is a lot of, yeah, yeah, exactly. The world is not made for me. I am too good for this world. Yeah. That's not where I was going with that, but cool. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Anyway. so quick pitch. Uh, Well, I mean, I I wasn't really going to do a quick pitch, but we can do a quick pitch. I would like to do a quick pitch. was Was the movie thing, not the quick pitch, man. I guess right, it could have been. It, it I guess of, it could have been. I wanted uh, to talk wild card because we're well, so close in the wild we, card. We can talk so wild fun. card. We 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 did something like this last week, <laughs> so that's why I was gonna. Uh, yeah, that's fine. We can talk wild card. But then I just feel like they're changing so much. Like we, you know, day by day, even like what happened a week ago is, you know, like these wild card. It's just it's a crazy race. It, oh right. Now. Oh, you know what happened? So uh, Ryan and I talked wild card the episode where we recorded backwards and did the draft first ah because i was like yeah i was like you 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 were here for all of them so i was trying to remember that's what happened we talked wild card that day so yeah go ahead and and give your wild card thoughts who do you think is going to get these last i guess really three spots because the dodgers is the only one that's locked up yeah dodgers are locked up the cardinals can clinch tomorrow yep padres were officially eliminated which is a big deal yeah that was i would not have predicted that even a month ago if you had told me there was any chance they were going to get it's just a total epic collapse in the second half and the cardinals are just the polar opposite like what in the world is it 16 now yep 16 16 games unbelievable run the cardinals are on um you know one of those teams that just kind of comes out of nowhere when you don't expect much out of them and if the giants hold on the dodgers are going to be facing the hottest team in baseball if the cardinals keep that up for the next six games and yeah Hence so, Tyler's article about. Hence, yep. So for those who who didn't see it, Tyler wrote an article about you know the likelihood, I guess, that the wild card format will change if the Dodgers lose to the Cardinals. Because obviously, the Dodgers being as good as they are is good for baseball, even though you know the Dodgers being as good as they are is not good for baseball in, in terms of competitiveness and parity but it's good for baseball good for in terms money. of LA being a major market and it being one of if not the best team so it's good for baseball so if it were to lose in a one game playoff you know before the playoffs even really get started before it can cash in on its cash cow you're going to see some changes to something similar to I'm trying to think maybe hot. No hockey. I was going to say, I guess football, but football, obviously it's just every game's one or every playoff game is just one game. So it's not a series, but something where like two teams could get a buy, but then the wildcard team isn't necessarily one and done. 
Um, but they could just make the wild card series two out of three. See, yeah, I, I, I think that's like probably. That I don't. I, I I still want it to expand a little bit. I th- I think six teams is. Yeah, is I good. love it. So I loved last year, despite there. That's that's too many. But I would have. I don't care. Uh, well, it was so last so year was fun. It to was have a base. lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it was eight each league. So you had sixteen total. Uh, so over half the league made the playoffs after you know it was a sixty game season. But uh, it was awesome because that one that you know you had a couple days of just baseball, oh, baseball for like 15, all- 16 oh, awesome. hours. I know. It, it was, was literally awesome. March Madness, but MLB playoffs. Right. And yeah. this year, you only got that. You'd only get um, like the most you would get would be like 12, 13 hours if all four games. And it's it's only guaranteed one day. And then if if uh, certain games go to game four, a second day, um, I think it would be the Friday and Monday of the first uh, week in October. And that's not as good. <laughs> you know, the, the thing good. with that is like, Look at the NFL. The NFL doesn't have to worry about any of their uh, postseason games in terms of viewership. They know their playoff games will have plenty of viewership, and it's not even something they need to worry about. But they're still trying to find ways to make it better. Last year, they put a playoff game on Nickelodeon to try to draw in younger fans are doing the same thing again for this playoffs and they typically do uh well now they expand playoffs to seven teams so even the nfl who had again no problems is expanding their playoffs because they know what draws in money typically they did three games on saturday three games on sunday now they're doing th- uh i think it's three games saturday or two games saturday three games sunday and a monday night game to kind of expand uh the ratings or the the market, no, what's the word? The, the control of the market, I guess, in, in terms of, you know, getting an extra day of NFL playoff focus. So mm-hmm. the point being, baseball needs to do the same thing. We're make, give us more postseason games like that. It's still going to be uh, so important. Like the, the wildcard games have been such a welcome addition. Like it's crazy to think that not, all that long ago, only four teams in each league made the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, that was what before before the strike. Not so pre-94, I think. So no, I mean that's it, wait. Oh, you're talking about four teams from each league. I thought you're talking yeah. four total. Four total no, 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 was, no. four. Yeah, I was like, yeah. no, no, even more. I don't know what year. 2012, like 2012 11, I think something like that. I think it was was it, tw- it was 2012 because 2011 the Red Sox missed out and had that epic collapse. So there you go. That kind of led to in, to circling back to Tyler's right. article. Yeah, you know, Red Sox obviously at that point they had gone on, on to win a couple World Series, and they are a major market and obviously a very historic baseball franchise. It's them just missing out. Had there been a wild card or a second wild card, that is, they would have gotten in. Them just missing out prompted a second wild card. So the Dodgers losing in a one game playoff to a team that just got hot at the right time, but it's still 20 games back. The Dodgers in the standings. Yeah. That's the weird thing. When you look at the standings, it's wild that the wild card in the NL is not that interesting at this point. It looks pretty sad. It's going to be the Cardinals. I mean, you can, you can talk about the Phillies, chances of catching the Braves if you wanted to because that's right but they're not going to catch the wild card they're only no, no, chances no. to win but the I'm division at this point yeah yeah like, yeah, like I, locked up 
yeah, the Cardinals can can uh, clinch tomorrow, and then, but yeah, you're right. The Phillies would their only chance is really the, the division. But on the other side, in the yeah, American it's League, a lot more fun in the American League. Monty, so. why, don't, why don't you break it down? Because we have a potential. Uh, when I say chaos, I mean it in the best way possible because we do this podcast. Uh, you know, we've been doing it for going three seasons on, now. Yeah, three full seasons now. And uh, with the Nats, not that it's any surprise, you know, we, we could use a little content. We could use a little storyline. And we have the potential for one of the greatest storylines of all time if we just get a little help from uh basically the orioles basically the orioles (laughs) monty why don't you break it down so uh so we're looking at five teams in the american league and i believe they're all within three or four games of each other Mm -hmm. uh so if the blue jays win two of three in new york during the week and then the yankees get swept by tampa bay in the final series and then toronto goes one and two against baltimore again that's where they need help from baltimore and the A's win two of three in Seattle and sweep Houston. And then the Mariners sweep the Angels. Boston somehow goes two and four in their games against the Orioles and then us, the Nationals. The AL wildcard will end in a five-game tie. Every team will have nine, will be 90 and 72. Now, we've actually got this tweet up on, the, uh, on our Twitter, but we'll, we'll, be talk, we'll share it again if we need to. But... Yeah, that would be insane. You'd have a five-way tie, and then you could still have a tie with the the National League West with the Dodgers and the uh, Giants, and that would have to be that would have to have a one-game playoff to determine who doesn't have to play in the wild card game. And then you could have that, a one. And game re- play- I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you right there. Yeah, for those that don't remember, that happened between was it the Cubs and Brewers? Oh, a couple yeah, years ago, right. where yep. it was game 163. They were both in the playoffs, but it relegated the Cubs to the wild card game. And then the Cubs lost to the Rockies in the wild card game. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, of course, the same thing can happen with the Phillies and Braves um, in their series as well. So you can And that theory... would determine playoffs, not just yeah, wild yeah. card game. It's like win or go home. So literally. what would be interesting, what does MLB do in this event of a five-game tie? And that's that would be interesting because then you might have to delay the playoff starts a little bit because games 163, 164 maybe because you've got to – Yeah, get you two. would need more than one. You would have right? to have – Because you have, you have, yeah, yeah. you have five teams for two spots. Now, if you had four teams for two spots, you can have them both play on the – you know, you can have two you different – You can do a round robin. Like how the NBA did their uh, – their, yeah. What was it? Seven through ten seating. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like basically double elimination at yeah. that point. I'd be. I'm all for chaos. Um, that would be oh, yeah. amazing. As as fans of a non-contending team, like there's nothing more fun than just utter chaos with the other teams. You get all kinds of great baseball and huge drama, and there is something relaxing about having no dog in the fight, and you can just enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah, it's just annoying that it comes down to the Orioles, but hopefully uh, it, it's a little bit easier to get them to win some games <laughs> it in com- late September than it is to get them to pay you the money you're owed. It comes down to the Orioles and then also the Nationals with how we play. Boston has to go two and four in this scenario. Well, really, it, it depends. They play the Orioles first. So if right, that's true. Know, yep. the, the, the Orioles sweep them. Well, then Boston needs to go two and one against the Nats, which is doable. Nats right. love losing two of three. That's very doable. <laughs> yeah. 
You could have just stopped with Matt's love losing. And you would have <laughs> that, that's true too. I mean, one of us won't say who uh, tried to say that we just got swept when we won one yeah. of four. <laughs> I, I want to make sure show. we had that one on the record. <laughs> yeah, I was doing the we, show doc we before we started recording it. and I thought I was thinking they got swept, but no, they didn't. They did pull one out in that red series. I'd forgotten. Yeah, we were on the podcast thinking they were going to lose. That's probably why you forgot about it because we missed the end of it because we were on the pod and Nick updated us with the with the win. I recall mm-hmm. now. Because uh, Kyle Finnegan held on <laughs> despite making it interesting. Yeah, interesting is one word to say. The, to call the things that Kyle Finnegan does. In my <laughs> you sound but... hurt. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just can't so even anymore. What, what can't. We, we did a great job explaining the tiebreaker and rooting, root, rooting for chaos, but what's your official prediction for the AO? Mine? All right. Well, I was mainly saying Amanda, but I guess I'll get your, your opinion too, Monty. I guess you're here. Okay. So um, I'm going to go Boston, Toronto, and the Yankees don't make it. Interesting. Even though the Yankees just swept Boston. Yeah. So that's, that's... <laughs> no, no, no additional Toronto... insight. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I mean, there's just all the, I'm just looking at the standings here. Like Toronto's at 87 wins. The Yankees are at 89. Boston's at 88. Like, yes, they just got swept, but I still think this week, if Boston plays, let me pull up their schedule. Boston plays so, so... Baltimore and then us, uh, the Yankees. Yeah. See, that's why I think Boston's got the easier. To- 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 so you're saying, oh, that's why, but you just looked at their schedule. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm looking at this. I had this pulled up before I had it written down because I'm yeah, the one. Yankees this... play three at Toronto and then three at home. Versus yeah. I have that's all this a much I... harder schedule. Yeah. The thing with the Yankees that drives that that's a little insane is how streaky they are. They're going to, they keep going on like eight game, 10 game streaks of winning and then losing and then winning mm-hmm. and then losing. Yeah. They've won it's, six in a row right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They just had lost. Like there was a, a you know, a, I don't know, a couple weeks ago where they'd lost like 10 in a row. And then a couple weeks before that, they'd won like 13 in a row. Like, <laughs> yeah, they, lo- so they lost six in a row at the beginning of the month and then they won six in a row or they're currently yeah, uh, six in a row. So, yeah. And so, I just don't think they, I, I really just want them to lose because I hate the Yankees, but now the remaining, yeah, I'm looking remaining matchups here. Red Sox three, the Orioles three, the Nationals, Yankees three, the Jays, and three versus the Rays, and then the Blue Jays have three with the Yankees and three with the Orioles. So of the three teams, the Yankees have the hardest remaining schedule. Yeah, and I'm, they're all within two games of each other. I think it's going to be uh, Yankees Red Sox, um, but I'm Big, fine. Great game. I'm fine with it because the storyline is going to be great either way. If you end up with two of the three AL East teams playing in the wild card. Because you're going to have, you know, if the Blue Jays get in, then you've got that exciting lineup that's kind of fun to watch. And then if it's, you know, if it's in the Rogers Center, it's crazy. But then if you got Red Sox, Yankees, you've got that rivalry, one game playoff. Yeah, Cole you versus... can't go wrong, really. Yeah, unless, I mean, unless, the athletic, unless the Athletics of the Mariners sneak in there, then, then they ruin everything. And then they ruin everything. But, <laughs> I would love to see the Jays go on a deep run. So I really want them to get into they, the wild card. They could. I want to see Vladdy in, in the playoffs. That with Robbie, the way Robbie Ray and Jose Barrios are pitching, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, I mean, like they're getting results out of even like Steven Matz. Um, mm-hmm. So like they're so pitching. And they still have, they still <laughs> yeah. have uh, Hyunjin Ryu. Yeah, is capable. Of, I mean, he was a Cy Young finalist last yep. year, and, and, and Alec, the year before he had an, an amazing year, so he can easily dominate. Get hot, yep. yeah. So, 
because I think they I, th- I I read an article recently where they they tweaked something with her, Jose Barrios and that's why he's been so dominant since the trade. And I'm like, wow, because I mean, I, got a little Nat syndrome going on where it's mm-hmm. like all of a sudden you you go to a different team, they're like, hey, do this, and all of a sudden it's just and it just ace. works, and you're like, oh, yeah. why didn't yeah, I think of that? So you've got Red Sox Yankees, I've got Red Sox Jays. What do you what do you have, Nick? A's Mariners. Is that just a, is that just because be? rooting for chaos? Because it's chaos. Yeah, like we're all talking about the uh, you know the ALE. So as long as we get a couple of them, no, knowing we, our luck, we're getting we're getting A's Mariners. Yeah, one of them would have wrong. to, and one of them would have to win and get on to the next round. Which, right. What is their remaining schedule? They have three games against each other this week. Yes. Yep. So <laughs> I imagine you know so. Uh, and then I think uh, Seattle plays Houston, maybe. Yeah. The no Athletics have three at the Mariners and three at the Astros. And that's then who it was. Ma- and the Mariners, Ma- Mariners have Angels. Have Angels. Yeah. Yeah. I knew one of them had Astros. Yeah. So. Who are which, not? They haven't. They haven't clinched they, right, but they're in the they're in the lead. Yeah, they, they just got lead. basically will clinch. Yeah, they just got yeah. swept by the A's, which is how the A's got back into this because the Mariners swept the A's last week in a four game series in Seattle. And so I was like, the A's are dead and buried. And now they're back because they swept the Astros <laughs> over the weekend. So they're the farthest back. I think they're three games back. They're right 85 now. wins. Yeah. And Houston's at 91. So they do yeah. look like they're going to clinch. But, you know, the Yankees are at 89. So. Well, the A's are also uh, the 2012 A's, I believe, were five games out with like 10 games to play or, or less or something. And because they had a series against the Rangers, who are the division leaders at the end of the year they won like all the games against the Rangers and won the division <laughs> despite being like five. Games oh, I, rem- I remember that. And then the Rangers had to play in the first wildcard game against the Orioles. And the Orioles beat them. <laughs> yeah. Now we always say that the trade deadline is the most wonderful time of the year and it's pretty great, but this time of the year is pretty awesome too. <laughs> yeah. All the scenarios and who can do this. I love it when it's close at the end and it's just, it's so nerve wracking. If it's your team, of course, this year, we don't have anything to worry about. We can just enjoy the chaos. Yeah, I certainly can, and we'll see how this next uh, three-game set shapes up. Obviously, you know, there's a couple that we just talked about, like Yankees-Blue Jays is probably going to determine the wild card. I I would imagine whoever loses that series pretty much all but done. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, especially if the Blue Jays lose it, the Blue Jays being two back of the Yankees as it currently stands, you know, they can't afford to lose that. So if they lose two or three to the Yankees, they're – uh, all Hooked. but done it, even if they're not i guess they would be mathematically done because they'd be four back with three games left so there there you go but speaking of chaos and uh <laughs> and this is not the good kind there is the nats they, yeah they, they exist they did play they're a baseball game that plays they, uh, baseball games. oh we gotta uh, talk about the nats now the, <laughs> the, the reds at least at one point considered themselves five contenders uh I are they officially eliminated yet? They they can they be elimi- they can be eliminated tomorrow. Wait, um, uh, they uh, they had the easiest schedule. Um, remain. They had like nine or ten games against the Pirates, and then th- uh, four against us, and they just completely just fell apart. It and was... then they they met King Paolo. Yeah. Did Paolo win that game? I know we talked about it last time. I can't remember who pitched. I'm pretty sure Josh Rogers didn't get lit up, but 
he didn't have his best start. And I know Josiah's pitching tonight. So Fetty, to Fetty started the game we won. Oh, no, Corbin started it because where we were talking. Oh, about that's right. He, that's he right. ruined my narrative. That's yeah, right. that's right. Bastard. <laughs> but yeah, it looks like they still have very slim playoff hopes, but it's not looking good for them. Anyways, it, I mean, that's literally what our show, show doc says. It's a forgettable red series, and that, that's quite literally what we just We've did. We've all we forgotten. Forgot about, we, <laughs> all forgot, <laughs> for, we all forgot about it. Um, There's but, so many more interesting things happening around baseball right now than the Reds National Series that yeah. just concluded. Even when Corbin has these quote-unquote gems or, like, good starts, like, it wasn't the most convincing. Like, Monty, can you pull up a stat line while I'm, like, uh, continue yeah. to pile on him? Um, like, there was that one start <laughs> – uh, I think it was against the Mets where I was just like, oh, maybe he's turned a corner and he gave up 11 hits in six innings. Mm, yeah, he still that. he still walked four guys. Good right. times. Which Good like times. Four, four guys is not the end of the world. I understand. But like, it's also, it's also not good. Like it doesn't necessarily display the best command or anything like that. Like you, you shouldn't be walking guys at that high of a rate, even through – how long you go seven innings almost six six and two thirds yeah so you shouldn't be walking that many guys i know it sounds backwards i know they're professionals i understand all that you just but you shouldn't be walking that many guys so it's like yes it's a good start but it wasn't as convincing as you might think as well and maybe there's a little bit of bias i can admit that but uh corbin stinks so uh, i'll say it anyways back to my point lots of dreadful pitching um it it just i don't yeah i don't i don't even like care to spend too much time on it because it's the same thing over and over again which is why we're talking about more like wild card situations and mvp discussions and off-season stuff because it's just you guys know this listening we're still going to talk about the nats we still love our nats we love our pressure-free baseball but it's the same thing over and over again nothing's going to change at least mm-hmm. in the last week of the season we get to talk about uh what we decide on uh eh, screw it uh mr ruiz i mean he oh he's, yeah <laughs> he, he, he's uh you notice i just doing well <laughs> he, he's been awesome yeah awesome yeah. uh and that's kind of the, the latest storyline it started out josiah gray or I guess it really started out like Carter Keyboom as well. So it was like Keyboom and Josiah. And then it was like Riley Adams for a little bit. And, you know, Luis Garcia started clicking and obviously Lane Thomas. But now it's Mr. Ruiz's turn. And mm-hmm. rightfully so. He's been awesome this past, what, like 15 games or so? Maybe yeah, a little bit more than that. like that, yeah. Uh, but he's finally starting to, to show that power that, um, you know, was, was touted in his profile. He, he's just getting more comfortable. You can tell he's kind of finding his role within the team. And it, it's just that that's the thing we're looking for. Well, that's what we talked about. Like, it's not just a silver lining for the sake of trying to find a silver lining. This is what this time period and the Nats uh, current status is about. It's about these individual developments. Like mm-hmm. it, it sounds backwards to say, oh, focus on the indiv- individuals, not the team. But that's what you need to do during this is if the individuals develop as promised or as projected or even uh, exceed expectations, that's how you get back to being competitive as a team. You need to have that foundation, a foundation of which the Nats really never had. If we're being real, the Nats really never had it. They were extremely top heavy and they were top heavy 
in uh, ways we haven't seen recently. Like even the Dodgers, eh, well, I can't, maybe not that. Like the people don't realize the Nats had Trey Turner, Juan Soto, Bryce Harper, Anthony Rendon, uh, even Daniel Murphy was electric for a while. Ryan Zimmerman, like you know, had that one good year. Um, <laughs> the disrespect. They, they uh, no, I'm serious. He had the one oh, the, year with the like twenty, 30, the twenty, yeah, the twenty, 30 home 20, runs and 110 yeah. RBIs. It was a good year. I think he hit 303 as well. Yeah. So like, you know, they were so top heavy, but it was very clear they did not have organizational depth. And now it's like you have to build back up that foundation. The Nats got, I won't say lucky, but there was definitely an element of luck into it. But to have those many or that many star-studded players, and you're also, look at the batting title this year. Trey Turner wants out of Bryce Herbert. And the joke is, oh, imagine if they were all on the same team. I know. Can like, you imagine? And then what obviously that team have done? That's why they focus so much on their starting pitching because they hit on so many of these prospects not did they not only did they hit they were so elite at what they did that they could focus on their starting pitching and that's why you got the max scherzer when you already had you know strasburg and zimmerman and geo and it was just like it was um almost like an, mm-hmm. an embarrassment of riches so or like an all-in move it wasn't you know necessarily a necessity but it was an all-in move and that's why you got those kinds of moves because they had that. But now, obviously, that foundation offensively is gone. They need to build back that back up. So someone like Mr. Wooey is doing so well it is a great a great sign uh, because uh, that's that's what we need. But what did you guys think of, you know, I guess the individual performances? Because we're all on the same page as the team. Yeah, um, I think what I was what thinking of when I've been thinking about guys like Ruiz is, you know, when we first got that first episode we recorded after the trade deadline, when everybody was kind of shell-shocked and, you know, we talked about what, what does this mean and what are we going to see and what's important going forward at this point, because wins and losses don't matter. And, you know, letting these prospects play, letting them develop, seeing what we have. And, you know, for Ruiz, I'm so happy to see him getting this late hot streak because he's going to go into the off season confident and, you know, raring to go next season and, and feeling like he belongs in the major leagues. And, you know, I'm just, I'm really pleased to see there's obviously so many negative things we can talk about with the Nats right now, the, the pitching foremost among them, but also key boom is in not doing well again. I mean, he's been boom and bust, pardon the pun. Um, but seeing a lot of the younger guys like Ruiz, who's a great example of one who's just on a ridiculous streak right now. Um, seeing them do this and, and feeling as a fan feeling like, okay, this is why we don't have Max and Trey anymore. You know what I mean? This is why we had to do what we had to do at the deadline. And I think it's important organizationally for the fan base, a lot of whom are more casual and don't really get the business side of the game so much to understand like, okay, you know, you give them some, some reason to buy tickets. You give them some reason to be excited for the following season. And that's, that's not a small that's not a small thing to the organization. We talk about like, it doesn't matter you know, well, you got to do what's best for the team. And, but it does matter to the, the people who are writing the checks to get butts in seats. And, and this kind of thing, I think, gets people excited and gives people a reason to be excited come spring training next year. I have a hot take. Eh, All right. I love hot, hot takes. takes. Let's hear it. 
I feel like Ryan's going to appreciate this one, so I have to share it with him because oh. it feels like a take he, he would agree with. I'm feeling pretty chilly, so hit me with it. The that was so dumb. That was so dumb. <laughs> I thought you were not going to comment. <laughs> I, I, I just I don't even know if I want to say it anyway. I think the uh, momentum going into the off season, I, I think it's highly overrated. Uh, I think it's just a way fans cope with reality saying, oh, the season sucked, but we ended strong and they'll carry that into next year. Mm-hmm. Do you like not you, but like you as in the general person not realize that there is like what six months of real off season? Because like spring training is it's kind of its own different animal like the vet. The veterans use that to basically get their bodies used to playing every day. It's not like a, I mean, it is a ramp up for the season, but not quite like what it is for people trying to make the roster, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's like two different Um, things. Right. Yeah, it's it's very different. So like any momentum being uh, built at the end of the season, last year's Nats, perfect example, right? Because everyone's, like, oh, we need to win these games, build momentum. I don't care about draft pick. We can build momentum going into 2021. How did 2021 go? How did that momentum work out? No, you're exactly That's not exactly fair. They right. had COVID. <laughs> they did have COVID. But that's that's the point is, is I do think like it's nice for these guys to go in with some, go out of the season with some confidence for next year. But it's more important, I think, for fans to feel like they have something to be excited. That's about. fine. Yeah. I just like for someone like uh, Mr. Ruiz, I, I don't think it Wooies. was, I, I'm saying Ruiz. It sounded like Ruiz. Well, that, that's, Is that why you've been correcting him every time? No, I, I just keep saying Ruiz. <laughs> I'm not correcting him. <laughs> I was just repeating it. Okay. Uh, you should get, <laughs> get your ears checked. Um, but for, for someone like him, it was, obviously you want him to do well. I'm not saying you, you don't, but whether he was doing well to end the year or doing poorly to end the year, you know, he's going to grind just as hard. It's both, it's two different paths to the same uh, result. Like he's going to mm-hmm. grind. He's not going to be, well, at least you would hope not that he's not going to be complacent uh, in his off season program off of a good 15 to 20 game stretch. That, that that's all my point. Like it, it is good for it, for him to experience some success, albeit in a, a small sample size at the major league level. So he can be like, Hey, I can do this. I, that part I understand. I just don't think uh, people should put so much emphasis and stock into the end of season result, either individually or as a team, because it it's not going to have that much of an impact going into the beginning of the next season. Well, Fair. if, we won the world series in 2019 and that's about as much momentum as you can get to end the season. Uh, uh, that one, I will l- legitimately like give them a pass on the, yeah. because of the pandemic, just completely ruining yeah. any sort of momentum you might've built off or built, built off, built up. Mm-hmm. Plus there was the Astros cheating scandal breaking right at the moment that everybody should have been paying attention to the Nats. Yeah, that was kind it, of a moment. It was just like it was, it was well. a weird, definitely a weird situation. But it also prevented a World Series hangover. So it's like, yeah. But it yeah. also probably 
did delayed, it, the, it delayed the inevitable as well. So it, you know. it wasn't a hangover. It was just straight. Just, You're dead. It was alcohol. It was straight alcohol poisoning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what coma. you call it. Like, yeah, it was not good. It was what it was. No, it was not. But I mean, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about this. Like we, we talked about content at the beginning of the episode and, and whatnot, but how do you fix this team is going to be the question. How do you make this team contender? We're at that point in the season where even the, the purists, the people who didn't want to sell the deadline, the people who still thought we could compete post deadline or, you know, whatever it may be. We're we're at that point. We're at that. No, we were never those people. No, I I said, were there those people? Oh, no, there are. There are hundred percent. There are. Um, they're at that point where it's like, oh, we can add this, 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 and this in the off season, and we'll be back. Like I saw one where it's like, oh, we need uh three relievers, a starter, a third baseman, a left fielder, uh center fielder to pair with Robles, and a second baseman will be back. But them being completely serious. Right. Well, oh yeah, then just go do that. Why like, oh yeah, just that? drop yeah. seven hundred and fifty million in off season. You're set. Like, why is anyone even stressing? It, it so easy. It, and we talked about like who are number ones. You know, Carlos Correa gets brought up. Uh, you know, we talked about the building blocks of the shortstop, the quote unquote second tier option, maybe like a Marcus um, Semyon to fill a need but not necessarily be a huge building block for the future it's just based on you know contract length or anything like that but if we're talking about roles and i guess really bullpen because that's the once again most glaring need like what are what moves are you looking to make to to fix this money you want to go first if you i mean if i mean uh, if you're asking me i mean i'm glad i'm not paid to fix it because i'm i'm not really sure i mean with in regards to bullpen right now what i'm looking at i I thought kyle finnegan uh, about a probably a week ago i thought maybe but yeah he might have had a role but now i'm looking at just to to be honest the two guys that i'd be keeping is is mason thompson and tanner rainey i i'm keeping finnegan Finnegan, if it, am yeah. I overreacting? I'm overreacting because he's because he's right. in the, yeah, yeah, that's probably it. That's probably but fair. That, 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 that's fine. Like, I'm not surprised you or anyone else is overreacting. Like, it's we been hard about, to watch. Yeah, he, I was given not somebody, a closer, and being yeah. a closer also is just not easy. Yeah, and I was given somebody crap for overreacting a week ago, and now it's <laughs> another week's past. I'm like, all right, I'm up. No, um, but yeah, those three guys, the others, it's just, I. Suero has yeah, has like Amon from Suero. Uh, Baldonado's uh, not sticking. Uh, Machado, Machado has been not sticking. Uh, Mur- Sam Murphy. Clay, fire him to the sun. Yep, Murphy's. <laughs> I don't. I still don't even like Patrick Murphy. Just sounds like a made up Irishman. Like I like I still it's probably Patrick not even made o. up. Murphy, that's probably like, right. the, the that's most probably common. like the most common name. Yeah, they might have the, like John the Irish Smith. spelling. They might have the the Irish spelling instead, but no, um, yeah. Like the bullpen. I would it, keep Ryan Harper in the exact same role that he was in the beginning of this year where he's like a triple a guy. Oh yeah. For most of the year, but he's been call him up and he'll have the little spurts of success, but he's not necessarily a staple either. Um, we get Will Harris back. Don't we? 
I guess technically we do. I forgot he yeah. was still under contract. I think he's year three. One I think more he's in his year, final right? year. Yep. But we also don't know if he. This yeah. this isn't no, a no shot at him, him. But like no. we don't even know if he's going to be able to pitch because of right. the nature of his injury. So it, it very well could. And plus, he's going to be like age thirty eight, if I'm not mistaken. Thirty eight or thirty nine. He he could just decide to retire. He won't if they're if he can still get paid. Well, because yeah, uh, Chris Carpenter true. did that on the final year of his uh, Cardinals deal. He literally sat out the whole season injured and then retired. Didn't he have ribs removed? I don't know. It was something bad, but yeah, he basically was like, yeah, his he, injury he, was he, so bad he had to remove ribs. Yeah, he and... had like twenty million on the table for his final year or something. Like I'm that. not saying I don't blame them. I'm oh just, yeah, I'm just whether he retires now or like or later now or later we just might not see him pitch right is is yeah. my point and so he even may if he not does peace in our bullpen we're gonna yeah. right and don't count if, on him yeah. same same thing we can't count on strasburg yep <sighs> well i've got a couple i've got a list of some notable relievers available this free agency coming it's, up and it's not great I, i've looked at it yeah it's not great i'm looking right now so 20 for the next one which is this upcoming off season archie bradley Drew's familia. Brad Blah. Hand, old friend Brad Blah. Hand. Um, Iglesias, Rysel, Raysel. I'm not sure how Raziel. to say that. Mr. Mr. Iglesias. Mr. Iglesias. <laughs> Kenley Jansen, Andrew Blah. Miller. Black. Andrew Adam Adavino. Black. Trevor Rosenthal. <laughs> and Kirby Yates. Those are like the most notable relievers Wait, available. Andrew Miller's still pitching. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Is he still now, the following Lewis? year, which might be this could be a two-year bullpen build. Obviously, they're not likely. To oh, be this is a five-year year bullpen build. Right. Bring me Drew Pomeranz. <laughs> so here's the following year: Monty Zach Britton, Aroldis Chapman. Blah. Oh, that would be so nuts to get Aroldis yeah, Chapman seven years after they initially tried to. Yep, that would be their move. Edwin Diaz. Blah. Chad Green. Well, I'm finding I just really don't like relievers. Every single one. I'm like, wow, they all make you vomit. That's interesting. Well, they're also just not very effective. Um, Craig Kimbrell. Seth that one intrigues me because yeah. it seems like he's kind of found this second wave in his career. Mm-hmm. Seth Lugo. He's been know. hurt, hasn't he? Oh, so he's right up the Nats alley. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, past prime and injured. I'm trying to Bring remember if, I, if I've, I can't remember if he's pitched this year. I'm trying to think of any of the bets cases like Seth Lugo exists. Let's see. We got Ryan Presley. Oh, how's, is he having a good year? I know he had a good year last year. I have to look up his stats. I, I was going to say he, he had like a good 20 game stretch and people thought he was like the next big thing. Yeah. Oh, Taylor yeah. Rogers, Will Smith. Club option on that one. And Blake Trinan also on a club option. So this is just a long-winded way, and I'm sure very fun for you listening uh, at home, of saying that this is not going to be a quick turnaround. No, there's not a lot of good options out there. But it's also, that's okay. Like, it, it takes time to build something sustainable. You're not going to just piece together. This is not like a... NBA situation where a bunch of solid guys sign bet minimums to go play with a superstar. This is not like, you know, what the Bucks did. Granted, the Bucks is they they had a good foundation anyway. The Bucks being the Buccaneers, not the the Milwaukee Bucks. Um 
the Buccaneers did with Tom Brady and that everyone followed Tom Brady to, to, to Tampa. That's, that, that's not what this is going to be. This is going to be a longer, hopefully not too long, but this is going to be a longer process. So find, find your silver linings or you are going to be miserable. And then maybe, Hey, maybe some people just want to be miserable the way yes. I see it on Twitter. Some people bring it upon themselves that as is opposed where to miserable people. You know, it actually being warranted. But I, yeah, I've said it before. I love the low pressure baseball. I prefer to win. Like I prefer to have a winning team, but like there are this is some... a nice palate cleanser. Yeah. For sure. And, and we can really focus on this. It's fun to focus on the individual performance because yeah, the teams, the mats are not good, but like we got walked off twice. We only got blown out. We won once we got, we got walked off twice. There's three close games. And then we got blown out once. Like at least we're not getting blown out every night. Like That's we're ha- they're they're giving us some watchable baseball, and we're getting to see Ruiz hit some bombs, and that's exciting. Like I felt and Soto. Like, if you can't watch the Nats right now, just right. watch Juan Soto. I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah, exactly. So there's like I think there's a lot of fun things to to watch with a team, even though the team's crappy. And, For sure. And yeah. one more point on the bullpen before I move on from that is <laughs> when the when we had the sell off at this past deadline. We talked right afterwards about they probably are going to do something similar next year. Um, probably they'll sign some guys to one-year deals, maybe a building block or two. And then when they most likely are not doing well at the deadline, they can you know trade those contracts again and continue to restock the farm. I wonder if we're these other than these guys we're seeing on these free agency lists for the next couple of years, if there's not going to be some trades mixed in with that, maybe flipping prospects that we get for bullpen help, it- guys who aren't free agents. So I was trying to, um, that's a good segue into what I wanted to get into, but um, I was trying to think of the Josh Bell profile candidates, the solid players on very bad teams that are kind of approaching the end of their deals and the teams might be looking to move on to get, you know, younger, more controllable assets. Like Will Crow was not a highly touted, asset but at the very least he had more control than josh bell did safe to say the nats won that trade but for the pirates perspective keeping josh bell would have done them nothing mm-hmm. so naturally the first one that came to my mind is whit merrifield that one's been on my mind for a long time now uh, i believe he has uh two years left on his deal so that would be the same as what josh bell had um his, you have his age because i thought he was a little bit older uh he's i think he's Next year will be his age thirty-one season. Oh, that's not too bad. I thought it might. Have, I thought it might be no, a no, higher because uh, I'm pretty sure he's a free agent again after his age thirty-two season. Gotcha. If I'm not mistaken, um, I'm pulling up his stuff right now. But okay. so that that's the first one that came to my obviously because I like I said I wanted Whit Merrifield, but also it's a very similar situation. The Royals are not close to being uh, competitive again uh, anytime soon, so we could see. Uh, Whit Merrifield is a candidate to be moved finally. Seems a little bit overdue on that one. Um, but, uh, you know, trying to think of other ones. Je- Jose right. Ramirez wins his contract up. So I, w- I was trying to think. I think his ends in, in two, two years. The thing with Jose Ramirez is, well, first of all, I think – Terry Francona steps down. Uh-huh. I, th- I think with the name change and them kind of officially shutting the door on their title window, 
it's logical, but also they're not as bad as probably they should be. They've kind of been exceeding expectations and they have some young pieces that are a little intriguing. Obviously they still have Shane Bieber. They have Tristan McKenzie. They have um, Zach Plesak. Like they have a good, good something there that would be intriguing. So I don't think they're going to be looking to move on from Jose Ramirez, who's unquestionably their best offensive star just yet with yeah. this kind of rebranding effort, which yeah, is why I didn't include him. Yeah, they he's got a Cal- UFA in 2024, by the way. Okay. He's got Cal, they got Cal Quantrill too. They got a rotation. Yeah. Which is crazy that they moved on from the likes of, you know, Corey Kluber and uh, Carrasco and uh, Clevenger. And uh, I mean, even Bauer, but that was kind of a different. They were, yeah, they, wanted, they wanted to get out, out of the of right town. time on that. Yeah, yeah. right. But Spe- oh, point being, they had so many good ones. Bauer became Bauer. I, at least talent wise in in cleveland that just made me think i know we're talking about something else but that you know what what the dodgers are going to do with bauer if he doesn't opt out and he doesn't get suspended because they don't I want feel him. like they would have some sort of there's got to be insurance stuff in there like i don't know yeah i, I just <laughs> freaking dodgers like they can release him and not blink an eye like they can pay 40 or 40 yeah but then, but then 40 million dollars to, to release him and but whether they can and whether they will are two different things because then if they want to keep max scherzer you know and you're still having to pay trevor bauer because you cut him i mean i just uh, i just thought it was an interesting thing i thought of today but you know let's, I, I mean personally i hope he gets suspended but no me too but i, I just think <sighs> the dodgers are the only team that can that really could, just not that have to worry that, about yeah. it. But it'd be $38 million, dollars, I believe. And and it's it's a price they'd be willing to pay to not have that associated yeah. with a team that's actually kind of likable, if I'm being honest, at least in my my perspective. I, I don't, that, that was even before Scherzer and Turner. Yeah, I, I don't I, think a lot I, of our I, listeners are going to agree with that. With that no, being but likable, the, but yeah. they don't like the the establishment of the Dodgers. That's fair. And not necessarily the players. True, true. That's fine, too, because, you know, the Dodgers are what the Yankees were to baseball fans in, in the early 2000s. Oh, did you see what they, the, speaking of likable, them dressing up and. Uh, Max like, Scherzer's Max, fake tattoo. What I, well, what I also loved is they did a team photo and somebody had dressed up with, uh, dressed up as Max Scherzer from his black eye game. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, somebody was wearing a national shirt. I couldn't tell who it was, but they were wearing a national shirt. They had painted something under their eye, and they were wearing a Nationals hat. It's almost like he's having more fun in L.A. than he was in Washington. I was just pointing out a fun thing I saw online. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else is fun? Daydreaming of potential uh, replacements for this Nats team. <laughs> which, is is what I, which is what I wanted to bring up. So I have an article coming out tomorrow. Today, if you're listening to this, which you should be listening on Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday afternoon, I have an article coming out and it's going to be another free agent profile piece because, uh, you know, I'm on, I'm a big picture guy. I like to think of the future and, and you know, play chess and find how the, these pieces may, may move and may fit. And two guys. So one guy I had definitely thought about, I've mentioned him multiple times and that's Chris Bryant. Uh, you know, th- there's plenty of reasons for him to be a target on uh the, the for the nets in the in the off season positional flexibility he can play third base full time he can play left field full time he can play center field full time what positions do the nets need oh third base left field center field 
Like he can fill whatever role you want. He's a power right-handed bat. He has a connection with Davey. It, it, it just, you know, makes a lot of sense. Right. The other one I thought about was Marcus Stroman, which we hadn't talked about yet. And for a couple of reasons, one, the Nats already have too much money invested into their starting rotation. That is not going to be uh, a, a source that they hit return on investment on. They already have an albatross, albatross contract with Steven Strasburg and his injury, uh, seemingly one with Patrick Corbin and his performance. They're still paying Max Scherzer, despite the fact that he's not even on the team anymore. And they're going to be paying him for the next six years. So the fact that they have uh, about 80 million tied up into those three pitchers, one of them not even pitching for them, the other one not pitching for them uh, because he's not on the roster, and the third one pitching for them and not pitching well, like they can't afford to spend much more into the rotation, which is why someone like Marcus Stroman, who's seemingly going to get the highest contract of any free agent pitcher this upcoming offseason, didn't make a lot of sense. However, there is a argument for it. The first one, or I'm sorry with Marcus Stroman before I get back to Chris Bryant. The first one, Marcus Stroman accepted the qualifying offer. And, and what that means is, one, he cannot be tagged with the qualifying offer this year. He cannot be tagged two years in a row. Meaning, if the Nats sign him, they would not have to give up a pick. And with the Nats having a top five or top six pick this year, that would be a top 45 pick, top 40 pick that they would have to give up to sign a Correa, a, you know, Seager, a Story, any of those big name bats. Strom, um, Gosman falls under this as well, um, but I, I'm highlighting Stroman for this, but Gosman would technically not have a qualifying offer because he accepted a qualifying offer as well. But so Stroman does not have a qualifying offer. The Nats have tended to prefer to invest in their starting pitching. Marcus Stroman bet on himself. Uh, he, as Monty pointed out before the we started recording, he's going to be the only guy to make 34 starts this year in the whole league. Uh, he's not Cy Young level, but he is damn good. He's going to finish with about mid threes. ERA this year, very solid. And again, anyone who could make 34 starts for you, for you, insanely valuable, despite what your ERA might be. And on this team, uh, that is a very good ERA. Exactly. And, <laughs> and, and the, the, the biggest thing that I kind of saw for a while or have seen for a while, and I guess didn't really appreciate till over this past weekend when I, I saw his comments and I, I sure everyone knows where I'm going with this. Marcus Stroman is a very big personality and some people don't like that. Some people, whatever, not, I don't really care about that. Marcus Stroman is a big personality. The Nats are a pretty boring team. I would like personality on my team. Quite frankly, it's just me personally. I like personality on my team. I like the, these guys that show their personality and it's not just the same old baseball uh, comes first. There's no personality, no fun, none of that. I want personality on my team. He uh, took Josiah Gray kind of under his wing during mid-series, just helping him out. 
And, and I mean, that could be for many reasons. I don't know their backstory. Maybe they know each other or have some connection, but the fact that he's taking young guys under his wing and just saying like, Hey, you know, this is what you need to do. This is what I saw. This is what you could be doing all that stuff. I mean, that, that was great stuff. They're supposed to be rivals and we're seeing Mark Stroman be uh, a likable guy and a mentor to, to players that aren't even on his team. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. And obviously everyone knows what I'm talking about the Juan Soto comments and just his appreciation for talent around the league. So there is the kind of flip side that maybe Stroman wants to come to DC. So he doesn't have to face Juan Soto anymore. That, that That's a thing. That's the obvious, that's that, the obvious answer to his problems. The one, so the, the one problem with that though, is he's earned himself quite a bit of money. What was once a maybe four year, $70 million contract has turned into an asking price of six years of North of 20 million AAV. And that's probably going to be out of that, that the Nats price range in terms of comfort level, they could definitely do it. I just don't know that they would. And then back to Chris Bryant, same thing applies. I, I laid out the argument for him as a player, but now that he's been traded, he doesn't, qualify for the qualifying offer either the giants cannot tag him so he becomes much more of a, of a target than someone like correa seager story like i mentioned because he's going to be the only one without a qualifying offer so even though you're really ideally looking for a shortstop chris bryant might be your number one because you don't have to give up a high high second round pick in order to sign him. And obviously with the way the Nats are this year and projecting to be next year, you're going to want that high pick to hopefully hit and develop in your system. So I think Chris Bryant and Marcus Stroman are two targets that the Nats really, really should and probably will target. And I just kind of want to get your guys' thoughts because I think it's a fascinating uh, discussion as far as what they do this offseason in general, because they haven't been shy in terms of spending money, but now it's kind of a different scenario where it's like, we've seen them really only once do the building block thing. And that was Jason worth. And that was a long time ago. And every other time they've added a free agent, it's to fill a role in order to make this team a whole contender. But now it's, they need the building blocks. So do they do that? So it's just a fascinating discussion. I wanted to get your guys' thoughts. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, go ahead, Monty. Uh, I was, I was going to say, uh, so I agree with you. I think they, I would love to have both. I honestly, I'm I, not necessarily, oh, for the record, I, I wasn't, I, I know both as a pipe dream. I just like them right. both as candidates. Right, right, right. It's not you predicting that's going to happen. I, I don't, and I honestly think Strowman's probably going to stay in New York. To be honest, I think he likes it there. Um, but uh, I, I would love to have. Uh, by the way, Strowman, I just checked his ERA is actually three on the dot, three point oh. Uh, for dot. some reason, I thought it was like a three, three, four or something. Like I, something's still very respectable. Yeah, yeah, but he's actually having a really, really good year. Um, in a contract year, which is <clears throat> always good. Um, but yeah, and Chris Bryant, I just, man, I love Chris Bryant. It's, I'd love to have both of them. Um, and I, I agree with you without having those qualifying offers, without losing a draft pick, 
and we just, I mean, the thing is when you talk about Jason worth the building block to get those building blocks, you're going to have to overpay, which it's not my money. So I'm not as concerned, except that restricts you down the line. Sometimes, like, as we saw with the Jason worth contract, that was a little bit, it was brutal for like most of that contract. Hard, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, but at the same time, it would be lovely to get, you know, Chris Bryant in there at third, especially with, with key boom has he shows us glimpses but it's not enough right now and you know keep you know, in mind sorry that, i didn't mean to interrupt to keep in mind with any potential long contract is that the dh is coming so those true. last few years won't be quite as bad as what worth was because worth was so freaking terrible in, in uh left field or wherever he played yeah. but he he had his moments offensively he was like okay he can still provide something but it just wasn't worth it because of how bad he was defensively he was just a complete yeah. liability so we won't quite get that and plus i think uh chris bryan is a better defender than uh jason Worth yeah. was. but anyways continue yeah. yeah uh but yeah that would be lovely to, to to make that happen and and get them out there but i don't think it's gonna happen I don't think either of them is probably me, going to happen, although I would love, yeah, dream. I know. Right. I, um, I think Bryant would they be more likely. I'm <laughs> um, I just don't see them investing in a starting pitcher. Yeah, I, I think Stroman would be an amazing go. piece to have, but Monty, you've just got a point about he seems night. to be happy in New York. Is this where I sing? I'm about to sing Aerosmith, I, where, I, where I just want to watch you far away and sleeping. Just I'm so creepy as hell. Yeah, I know. Go ahead, Amanda. Uh, I, I started singing. I, I wait and for I, this I tried, to be over. I tried to stop, and then I was like, I really just don't want to stop. So, all you right, do what continue. you feel, Nick. You do what you feel. All right, so I'm signing both Strowman and Bryant. <laughs> now you're talking. Yeah, um, I love that idea. I think if I, I don't think Brian is nearly as much of a pipe dream as Stroman. I don't think Stroman's going to come here. And I don't think the Nats would take on his contract, even if he expressed interest in it. Um, I think you made the point at the beginning of this discussion, Nick, that they've got so much money tied up in their starting rotation. I just don't see how they can possibly justify doing that again with another high price pitcher. Uh, but Brian has, I think, Maybe sometimes too much is made of the connection between players and former coaches, but I, I will say as much as Davey occasionally, he's maddening to me sometimes with the decisions he makes, the players seem to really love him and really love playing for him. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if Bryant ends up here. And I would certainly welcome that. I think, as you just said, Monty, Keyboom is so, he's so aggravating because he shows you what he's capable of, but he can't sustain it. And he's still young and all of that. But when we say that, like, oh, you can see what he can do when he gets hot or when he's healthy or whatever. It reminds me of the Victor Robles discussions from a couple of years ago about, no, no, you just have to let him develop, you know, not that he can't develop and that he can't turn into something good, but I'm starting to, I'm starting to get those sort of vibes. So I hope I'm wrong on that, but I would very much welcome a piece like Bryant. That's a building block piece and you know, can be in, you know, you know, you're going to have him for a while and you can have him be part of this rebuild that they're in the middle of. With Bryant in particular, I think, can't believe I'm saying this, but I think if Davey wasn't here, there wouldn't be any shot because I think with Bryant, even though he fits exactly what the Nats are looking for, the Nats need someone like Chris Bryant to a T. 
if Chris Bryan played shortstop, it would just be like a match made in heaven, like throw all the money at him. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I think Davey can really be the guy to pitch like, hey, you know, I understand we're not going to be probably what you want in terms of competitive uh, competitiveness next year. But we're building something here. We're rebuilding um, whatever you want to call it, rebuilding, retooling. We're building something here that you can be a part of and you can be a guy. You don't have to be the guy. We get guys like Juan Soto and young guys mm-hmm. like uh, Mr. Ruiz. <laughs> now Ruiz. Ruiz. Um, and guys that are young and exciting and you can feel the hype and be part of the hype and, and whatnot. Uh, but he can kind of preach that, you know, family, you know, we are a team kind of aspect because players do like him. I give Davey a fair share of criticism and I stand by it, but I can also acknowledge that the players do like him. He is a good manager to lead a team through a uh, transition time similar to really kind of what terry francona very different resumes but terry francona is like a perfect like bridge guy like he he's just always calm steady you know he he's not i'm gonna i feel so dirty for comparing davy to, to terry francona i'm just gonna stop talking but <laughs> um well i mean Davey, Davey gets a lot of flack because his on-field management's not great. It's but, not. But, uh, but yeah, but there's more to the – people forget there is more to the job than just that, and you've got to, you know, you know, and he he is very, very good at managing people um, and managing, Me too. Um, you know, stars. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to think I'm really good at it as well. You know, I've got, hey, you know – You're right. You know, i got to keep CK and, and Matt, Matt in check. You know what I mean? So – but, he's uh, <laughs> but yeah what'd you say amanda i said somebody's gotta do it yeah somebody's gotta keep them in and i gotta keep them away from, i gotta keep them away from the you know i gotta keep ck away from the talent he keeps trying to go after go after ryan for no reason so <laughs> but uh yeah no um that'd be i yeah i want chris bryant i'd we, love to have chris bryant we signed if CK- i had to pick i would go with, i would go with brian uh we signed ck to a contract extension all of a sudden he thinks he's uh you know the bee's knees. <laughs> yeah. He thinks he is the talent. Is cool. <laughs> we got to knock him down a little bit. You, have you guys ever watched uh, Parks and Rec? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, where like Ron Swanson says, whenever people get too chummy, I start calling them by the wrong name. Like that. That's 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 the, that's the managerial mindset I like to have. When that's people, what we're gonna do. When people start getting a little too big for the britches. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna put them back in the place so that way. And this they, is if know. you can't if you can't take ball busting, this is not the workplace for you. That's no. no. <laughs> that's a that's a good idea though, because uh, especially if he doesn't listen to this episode, he's gonna be very confused on why we're calling him the wrong name. <laughs> if we just go with that, <laughs> and then we'll know he didn't listen to this episode. <laughs> yep. But that's a good segue, though. We uh, were hiring. We posted a. Uh, not necessarily help wanted. I like the team we have, but I also recognize, and we also recognize that there's room to grow. So we're looking for, uh, you know, just some people to help round out our roster. If you will, we're looking at the off season ourselves and saying, Hey, these are opportunities. 
We could use a, a guy. We could use a long relief guy. We could use, uh, you know, a utility guy. We could use, uh, you know, a glue guy. Nah, nah, I'm the glue guy. Uh, nah, Monty's the glue. <laughs> nah, 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 Monty. I'm the glue guy. Um, but we could use different different roles and, and different uh, positions and whatnot. So we're looking for writers. We're looking for social media team. We're looking for uh, kind of like a video editing highlights team. And we're looking for graphic designers. So if you or anyone you know might be interested, you don't even have to necessarily be a Nats fan. We would prefer you be a Nats fan. We prefer you be a baseball fan. You don't necessarily have to be, though. We're, we're open. I, I like to think we're we're a fun bunch and a welcoming bunch. We'll, we'll I guess we'll keep you away from Ryan. Because um, Sam and I might not be able to be set for him. But if you guys know anyone, I'm sure a lot of you listening probably saw the, our tweet. Um, if you know anyone who, or if you're interested, please email us. HSHH.podcast at gmail.com. Just you know, shoot us an email. Uh, for those of you who have already emailed, I will be getting back to you tomorrow. Uh, we've had... A good amount of interest um so i appreciate everyone who's reached out thus far and uh if you haven't yet don't get discouraged we'll be going through all of them we don't really have a set number we're not like capping ourselves i think we're of the mindset and kind of of the uh i guess stature that we can kind of bring on people and it's the more the merrier what are you gonna say monty well, I was talking about this with Ryan earlier. I'm trying to amass an army of writers. Hashtag Monty's Minions. Mm. Um, put that on a t-shirt. Just saying. Um, but. <laughs> but then uh, you are my minion. So it's like Monty, Nick's Monty's it's like, it's Minions. It's like Avon. It's like Avon. You get minions and then Monty gets minions. And then when he gets a you know cut of their minions later. <laughs> yeah, Monty, you're, you're really just a, a middleman. I was going to start a revolution. That's all. Oh, shoot. Make make sure you print out enough flyers. (laughs) But anyways, (laughs) that that was probably a terrible pitch because Monty ruined it. Um, If you guys are. But Ryan's the one who's not very welcoming. (laughs) So listen to Nick. (laughs) So if you guys are interested, please email us hshh.podcast.com. We are looking for people. Uh, just to just to see what's out there. We we don't want to be closed off or closed minded. That's not who we are. But speaking of things you need to add to your life, Manscaped is the perfect addition to anyone's grooming game. Autumn is in the air, sort of. We're getting there. We're, we can finally feel the transition between the hot and mugginess, which you get from time to time. But then at night, now it's cold. It's it's like. 55 degrees right now, and I love it. Code. It's code. Autumn is in the air. The pumpkins are in the patch, which I have seen people go pumpkin patch picking, pumpkin picking. I think it's a little it's a little early for that. We talked about I'm gonna go off a tangent. I apologize to our sponsors at Manscaped. I'm gonna go off a tangent, and I've mentioned this before. I despise people who jump the gun on holidays. I despise the Christmas music playing at the beginning of November. I despise the talk of Thanksgiving before Halloween, you know, the talk of Christmas before Thanksgiving. I it's disrespectful. It. Disrespectful. Granted, there's no real like end of September holiday. It is not October yet. We're not quite in spooky season. 
I love spooky season just as much as the next fella. We're not in spooky season yet. Just wait. Friday. I think we can wait till Friday. Anyways, if you decide to jump the gun, the pumpkins are in the patch. And our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you are grooming. If you know what I'm saying. Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming and the brand new fourth generation performance package. Boys, get ready for a cuffing season like no other. Are you ready to take the leap into fall with Manscaped? Two million men worldwide already have. They are using Manscaped and they got to use Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and using our promo code HSHH20. Granted, not all 2 million used our promo code, but a lot of them did. I'm just going to say a majority of the 2 million used our promo code. So you can be one of many men that have made the right decision or gals. Like, listen, we don't discriminate. The gals can, you know, buy buy a gift for you, for the man in your life. Nothing wrong with that. Go to manscaped.com. Use our promo code HSHH20. Get you 20% off and free shipping. Absolutely no reason not to do it. It is the best decision you can make when you will not regret. So help us help you help us. Go to Manscaped. Use our promo code HSHH20 today. Now, I thought the most appropriate way to end the show, normally we do our one big thing, and we still can. I'll open the floor at the end. But I thought the the most appropriate way was to – do a little update on Juan Soto and, and the numbers. I, I feel like you guys are just itching. Granted, we don't have Tyler here, and, and that's not quite fair because Tyler was very much involved in the stat off as well. But I figured you guys would have uh, Juan Soto stats that you uh, not even research that you saw on Twitter that you just wanted to share. So here, here you go. Open the floor to a Juan Soto stat uh, uh, drooling session. All right. Um, I'm going to go post all-star break. There's been a lot of this talk about we're now pretty much nobody's even talking about Tatis anymore for MVP. I feel like, do you guys think that's fair that it's almost like a Juan Soto Bryce Harper conversation at this point? I think that's completely fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. And a lot of it has to do with the Potters just kind of collapse. Like the the Nats have, everyone's kind of been aware of the Nats situation for quite a while. And I mean, obviously right. since the deadline. And I think so it like, makes what Juan Soto is doing more impressive, not less impressive because of the state of the rest of the team. Anyways, continue. What was your stat? So, so we, I looked at just post all-star because, you know, when you're looking at OPS, um, if you're looking whole season, let me just see if they've updated after tonight's games, which by the way, I guess we should give an update in today's game. Nats are playing the Rockies. Josiah Gray was pitching well for a while. I didn't get any scoring updates, so I assume he pitched very well. Am I correct? I don't have it on, so I could not tell you. Uh, so it is 4-3 in the bottom of the seventh. Mason Thompson is pitching. Uh, Josiah went five and a third, gave up three. So not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, you know, especially in course, too, so you can kind of uh, count for Giving some up only three in, in course is not bad. Uh, inflation uh due to the elevation there but yeah continue continue. got it so looking at this race so you've got batting average at this point um harper's at 313 soto's at 322 and as of right now looking at stats trey turner also at 322 so 
there's been some back and forth with Turner and Soto the last couple of days, but right now they are dead even. Um, if you're looking though, and I'm just trying to pull up Harper here. So on base percentage right now, 471 to 434 for Harper, 471 for Soto. Obviously, um, slugging and OPS go to Harper, but OPS is the one I'm most I'm most interested in. 1.055 right now for Harper, 1.022 for Soto. So that's all year to date. But if you look post All-Star break, and that's not a small sample at this point, we're almost at the end of the season. We're talking half a year here. Um, Soto's numbers are pretty much, I think, other than slugging percentage, he's got him beat on everything. 371 batting average, on-base percentage 544, OPS 1235. Harper's got 347 and 490 on base, which is still absurdly good, and a 1225. So the whole second half of the season um, really is in Juan Soto's favor. And I know that MVP is a season-long award, but when you consider the weirdness at the beginning of the season um, where Soto had some of the sort of rockiest part of his career so far, to come back and have these numbers is crazy. And his post all-star break performance is absolutely historical. Monty, care uh, comment? So I wasn't prepared for this, but I just went and looked this up. And he uh, typical lead. Monty not being prepared for the podcast. I feel like that's rare, but you also texted me at nine. You texted him 20 <laughs> minutes before we recorded and told him you wanted to come on. So. And uh, Monty is always itching to be on the podcast. At one point, he told me he would be ready anytime I called. And clearly, that was a lie. I mean, I was, I think I said available. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, no, um, I just looked this up. He leads the league in Soto shuffles. Wow. I didn't yeah. have that stat prepared. Are you sure nobody else has more than him? I just looked it up. Did I not mm-hmm. just say that? I, I looked it up on baseball. Baseball reference has everything. And yes. Nick is being uh, oddly quiet. Yeah. You got any great stats? I feel like walks is one that should be commented upon as well. So I unfortunately had something very tragic just happen, which is why I kind of just left it to you guys. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I, my wife made pastries last night. And I, oh, I, no. I, I've been. It doesn't seem tragic. Been, oh no, it's I've been, coming. I've been, I've been eating this wonderful pastry, you know, a bite here, bite there throughout this recording. He dropped it. I was down to my last bite, and it had a good old dollop of icing on it. Icing is the best part. When I, I don't know what went wrong. I'm gonna have to go back and watch film. Uh, I went to take that final bite and just savor it a little bit more than you know what i normally do icing fell right off right onto the floor good on good the floor. that's what you get for giving me crap wow hey monty monty thinks this was some sort of cosmic justice <laughs> monty monty uh-oh what do you do to a soccer ball you kick it Did you just? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Nick! <laughs> Nick just, just kicked Monty off the off the bus. Oh man! Good night, Monty. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>
Oh, that was <laughs> worth it. All right, let's wrap this episode. It's kind of gone off the rails. Oh, you got good lord. You got a one big thing to end with? I don't think so. I think I'm, <laughs> I, I think I, that needs to be the end. I think that was the perfect ending. That that was uh, that was worth you know the price of admission i knew you were going to do it as soon as you said what do you do for a soccer ball i was like is he actually going to do it well i didn't know at first i didn't think monty would know what i'm talking about or that he would know what i'm talking about and he the wouldn't look say on his it face was so resigned was did he kick it <laughs> <laughs> oh, worth it worth it anyways my one big thing is once again the giveaway it got kicked off yesterday uh, kicked off not like monty did on this podcast <laughs> But kicked off yesterday, Steven Strasberg Funko Pop, uh, over 100 entries. That was great stuff. 100 entries in 24 hours, I might add. Because normally, uh, hold on, hold on. Normally, these uh, giveaways last a couple days. So that's, you know, people who might not have been on social media in the past 24 hours. They might have not have seen it. So I apologize. But typically, these giveaways last a couple days. So that way, it gives everyone a chance to. Uh, you know, see it and whatnot. So to get that many in, you know, really less than 24 hours, it was great stuff. So I appreciate any, everyone who, who, uh, you know, participated. The winner of the Steven Strasberg Funko Pop was Anne. Uh, it's just Anne at, I'm gonna get her actual handle, Anne 787-20109. So I already messaged her. She's the proud new recipient of the Steven Strasberg Funko Pop, which will be coming her way in the next couple of days. Today's giveaway, today being Monday, Monday is a Teddy Roosevelt Garden Gnome. I was going to say Garden Gnome Bobblehead, but it's not a bobblehead. It's just a Teddy Roosevelt Garden Gnome, but it's the racing Teddy, not just like, you know, a Rough Riders Teddy. Which actually was which Teddy I Roosevelt. would also totally put one, in my garden. One of the few Teddy Roosevelt facts I remember from high school was Rough Riders and uh, Speak Softly, Carry a Big Stick. It's about all I remember. 26 president. Is that right? Sounds right to me. I think it is. Three things I remember about Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> You're on a roll. On a roll. So that is our next giveaway. So if you catch this Tuesday morning, you still have time to enter. The giveaway, it was initially supposed to be 630 I messed up today, didn't get it out till 7.30. So we're officially changing the time to 7.30 because that just works a little bit better with my schedule. So 7.30 every day, new giveaway. So when the new giveaway is announced, the entries for the previous giveaway are closed and the winner will be announced shortly after. So tomorrow's giveaway will be something new at 7.30. It'll go from 7.30 Tuesday afternoon, Eastern time to Wednesday, 7.30 afternoon, Easter time. And at that point, the winner will be announced. Doing this all week. So if you didn't win today, didn't don't win tomorrow. Don't stress. You have a whole week left to, to win something. So don't stress. Plenty of opportunities to win. Plenty of great stuff to win. And we're not doing repeat winners. So it's honestly not even the worst thing in the world if you don't uh, win the first time. Because you might get something better the second time. So keep be on the lookout for that. Follow us on Twitter at Half Street High Heat. Check out the site at halfstreethighheat.com. Uh, if you want to check out Monty's work, I don't know why you would. I'm just kidding. Uh, that <laughs> is on halfstreethighheat.com as well. I have an article about Marcus Stromian. Marcus Stromian. Stromian. I was thinking Marcus Semian and Marcus Stroman. Mm-hmm. 
and, and I kind of like that. So Stromian to to DC might might start up that hashtag. Mm-hmm. But can we get can we get a Bryant mixed in there somewhere? <laughs> Stromian. There you Stromian. go. Just a yeah, on the there end. we go. Just a subtle little T. There right we go. The there. I you, like it. You ask, I deliver. That's how it mm-hmm. works. But that article is coming out tomorrow. CK has one on Adam Wainwright and the insane season that he's having that no one's really talking about. And obviously that has to do with the Cardinals being on an insane run right now, led by Adam Wainwright and John Lester and J.A. Happ. Just absurdness. Complete absurdness. But anyways, tons of good stuff coming out on the website. Amanda, you can follow her at a wait seven eight seven seven. Ryan at we are all Shaq Monty at uh, I don't even know what his app is anymore. I think it's on, on the, the pod, pod forever. forever. At on the pod forever. Which clearly is not the case because he gets kicked. So on the pod for about, you know, 85% of it. Maybe I'm, It's probably too long of a handle, but we'll figure it out. We'll Might workshop it. Wheelie at that point. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll workshop it. All right. You got anything else before we go? I do not. Um, make sure you guys enter the giveaway. It's super fun. Oh, so um, you do. I really- well, yeah, I like to say no and then do that. I don't know who else does that. Yeah, um, nothing else to add, just to reiterate that, um, yeah, the website is kicking ass right now. There's tons of good stuff out there. And as we talked about early in the show tonight, there's so much else besides Nats going on. So if you are a depressed Nats fan who thinks you have nothing to live for now that the Nats season is almost over, you are wrong. There's a ton going on around baseball and com will keep you up to date on all of that. So check it out. I just got really sad staring at the blop of icing on my floor. That is sad. Brought a tear to my eye. All right, I'm let's get out of here. All right, guys. <laughs> All right, good night. Go appreciate, Nats. Appreciate listening. And in the meantime, let's go now. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team's mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator who has the cause is past the wall to see you later. dawn well you can see they're running scared cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are bursting in the air tell the library of congress that they might not want to look cause we're putting curly w's in every book let's go Nats. we've got a game to play we're gonna win today let's
you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.